Hello, welcome to the A to the K wrestling show where A to the Kenya is running wild, brother. Um, we are here to do WrestleMania Rewind, so. Um, Not just any WrestleMania Rewind, Carl, the most interactive WrestleMania Rewind in the social media world, probably. I like that. I like that. You should be in marketing, I think. Um, but. You're right, we, obviously, if you follow us on Instagram, we uh, brought back our tournament bracket for Eight of the Kenya 2. We love a good tourney. Yeah, we do. Um, and we asked you to decide the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. So, uh, let's 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 look briefly at the bracket, shall we? I mean, you've already you've seen who, who, you know, who won, of course. But um, some absolute behemoth uh, matches on here, Anthony. Um, you know, Hulk Hogan some versus really Andre. Going out in the first round. There was a few shots. Um, So obviously, Hogan Andre was up against Taker Sean 2 in the first round, and obviously Hogan Andre went out, so that was a a bit of a shock. Um, It went up against a hell of a match, though, didn't it? I mean, Hogan Andre has has an iconic moment there, but, you know, come on, Taker Sean, come on. Well, there is that. But I mean, I just think WrestleMania 3 wasn't feeling the love because we also had Randy Savage versus uh, Ricky Steamboat. It was neck and neck. We had to be the decision makers uh, on this one because it was a 50-50 split um, in round one up against Triple H, uh, Shawn Michaels and Benoit. So I'm starting we... to think the, this might display the, the sort of average age of our audience as well, you know. Mm. WrestleMania 3 not getting the love. It's interesting. Yeah, I think I think... You might be onto something with that. That being said, uh, we've had numerous conversations where people talk to us about the, the classics, so we know that we've got some old-school wrestling fans there. We certainly do. I think um, we started to, as we got into the later stages, you know, we started to see the likes of um, Brett versus Owen, um, obviously take the win over Rock versus Cena, for example, which uh, was, right, yeah, was yeah. quite surprising. Again? Um, you know, uh, we started to see a lot more kind of things like that. I, you know... TLC uh, went quite a decent way in this as well, which I think is fair. I don't think that gets the love that it deserves. It does uh, deserve a lot more love than it gets, to be fair. Like, mm-hmm. iconic, really. Well, Absolutely. Um, but we ended up, Anthony, with uh, the final four being Taker and Sean 2 against Taker and Sean 1. So that was a, quite a tough one to uh, <laughs> put... You know, basically choose one. What was better, the first or the second? Uh, and that obviously... is a tough, is a tough choice. I love both of them. In all I know. Um, yeah, they're they're both great. Obviously, the the first one uh, ended up winning that side of the bracket, and then on the right side we had Rock versus Hogan and Brett versus Austin, and this was a lot closer. But Brett Austin won that, and then that was the final. Brett versus Austin, Taker versus Sean won two phenomenal matches. And... You know what? I have a lot of love for that. I was actually expecting to get to the final four. One. Rock Austin. Mm. Yeah, like, actually. I think it was a really good match. Obviously, Austin's last match, I believe. Um, kind of. Has he had any comebacks since then? No, that was his, no? That was his uh, final one. Just double-checking. Some people don't stay retired. Sean. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like... I don't know. Just I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit sort of nostalgic for for that as well. That's what retired him. But they they execute that match so well. Um, mm. And I very recently watched the match again with um, Austin sort of 
talking about it as as it was going on, if that makes sense. Like his sort of commentary on it, I suppose. Uh, which just you, you got to hear about the little nuances and the, the some of the work they did together and stuff. And it's like uh, I, I seem to have a lot of love for that match recently, especially. And uh, I'm yeah, quite surprised it didn't make it to the final four. Calm. Well, to be fair, it, um, it made it into the quarterfinals where Rock Austin two went up against Rock Austin three, um, and obviously uh, the the second one, which is Mania seventeen, where Austin turned heel, got the win, but then it got eliminated by Brett Austin. So. Um, See, that's uh, I probably should have been clear because uh, yeah, they have fought on more than one occasion, and I just went Rock Austin. You'll know which one, <laughs> the good one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so hell of a bracket, and again, thanks to everybody who took part and voted in that. Obviously, we we, we love appreciate a good it. Um, we love a good Tony, and we love a bit of participation. So yes, we do. Ticked Magic. all the boxes, um, and the winner was crowned Anthony as uh, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Numero uno, WrestleMania 25. Before we talk about it, I want to mm-hmm. know something, Carl. Go on. This is what the audience picked. <laughs> was this your pick? So, my pick was was going to be Brett versus Austin. I think anybody who has watched or listened to this show knows my love for that match I was even um, I even suggested it to Lady Bird obviously Lady Bird Monroe if you haven't caught that interview yet um, we think she's a super bright um, up and comer that is going to have a really big future so we started chatting about matches with her and um, that was one of the matches we, we suggested that, that, that she take a look at um, you know especially if she wants to turn heel in the future I think just the the fact that it, it executes obviously the, the match itself was phenomenal but it was so, so rare, and I don't know any other time it's been executed this well to do that double turn of Brett and Austin. Um, and I, th- I think the way they did it was was a monumental thing. So for me, that one just edged um, Taker versus Sean a little bit for me. But having said that, the purpose of, of this, uh, for us to do this kind of retro review for WrestleMania Rewind, is to re-mo- uh, rewatch the match again. So obviously, having watched Taker versus Sean Wan, it is so good that it's probably on par to be fair. But yeah, originally I was like, ah, oh, it should have been should have been um Austin versus uh, Brett. But curious uh, how about yourself? Well I'm not just saying this Carl, it'll feel a little bit like I am. But it was always gonna be a, a take a Sean match for mm-hmm. me. And I do think this was probably the better one. Like it's hard because they were both incredible. But I think this probably was the better one, especially because of the, I think the theme was a little better this time. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. It, um, it, I wasn't it, overly like. I, this sounds horrible. I wasn't overly invested in Sean being retired on the second <laughs> one. I'm like, good. I don't. What, care. I was like, gonna say it's weird that I was uh, I was proper rooting for the second second one actually. <laughs> think, think like the the stakes on the line didn't. Like, I, I, I have no other way of putting it without sounding like a, a slightly horrible bastard. I didn't really care about the stakes on the line. I'm like, I didn't... Uh, Taker needed to win, obviously, right? And I'd have been probably gutted if he didn't win. That might have had an impact on this whole decision. But Sean being like, I'll retire, is like, cool, do it. Mm. I still want Taker to win. I don't care. Yeah. Like, no, I'll it's pre- a... <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fair point. Uh, you know, I, I, I prefer Sean Taker 1 to Sean Taker two to be fair so um i agree with the audience in that sense i i think it's the much better match but um obviously the first one took place at wrestlemania 25 so 25 years of mania with just eight matches on the cards and to be honest 
I kind of obviously watching the match yesterday. Um, I I didn't watch the whole thing, but I kind of skimmed through it after watching this match, and it wasn't the best mania by quite a mile. To be fair, you'd think like the twenty fifth anniversary edition would be awesome, but some pretty bad bad things on there. So briefly before we get into the Sean Taker match, we, yep. you know we had we had the women's battle royal, which was won by Santina. So that was dead good. Yeah, that's um, gone down in the history books as a fucking poor decision. Yeah, we had JBL's 22-second retirement match where he dropped the IC title to Rey Mysterio in, yes, 22 seconds. Um, uh, We had the relatively underwhelming title matches of Triple H Orton, which was like, uh, okay, and uh, Cena defeating Edge and Big Show to win the World Heavyweight Championship as well. So, a bit bland. However, we did get Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy, so obviously that was quite a good match. We had Jericho taking on uh, the... It was a three-on-one taking on Roddy Piper, Jimmy Snooker, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. You can't argue that that's a match you'll not see again. Like, well, know, exactly. Crazy, exactly. Um, and we also had, obviously, the Money in the Bank as well. But Back when the Money match... in the Bank was on Mania and fun. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this match, Anthony, was, of course, something else. Um, completely the, the absolute jewel of the whole WrestleMania card. And according to the... <laughs> the crown jewel and according to our fans who voted on instagram the absolute crown jewel in all the wrestlemania so without further ado <clears throat> let us kick off talking about this match um so from a build-up standpoint right now this is something that i didn't really realize at the time right so we know Shawn michaels lost a smile for a bit and then he kind oh, of um, <clears throat> he was he was forced to retire back issues and all and he came back out of nowhere in 2002, um, and since his return in 2002, he'd pretty much been a Raw guy for his whole whole time, while obviously Taker, synonymous with SmackDown, so was. he'd done a pretty good job of kind of keeping them separated on, on separate shows, but what's even more impressive is in the 20-odd years that they'd both been in the company, this was just the fourth singles match that they've ever had. Um, that is crazy that to be fair which I never ever realised and even more crazy is that Undertaker's never beaten Sean in a one on one match so I'm actually surprised with hindsight they didn't make more of that at the time yeah, yeah. that's a because fair obviously, point because obviously you know Sean coming into it was like oh I want to defeat the streak he could have gone like you know you've never beaten me one on one and stuff and from my recollection he didn't do any of that so surprising um, mm-hmm. so but- I think the theme probably did a lot to that, like the because they were going for the the good versus evil elements. Mm-hmm. That I think that probably influenced a lot of why they didn't do the whole "you've never beaten me" and, and that kind of stuff, you know. And obviously, the second time around, they couldn't because he had kicked his ass. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a fair shout. I think um, obviously you touched then on the the theme inside of things, and I think obviously that that played a like these two had such a such an interesting parallel, really. Um, so obviously we've got the the revelation that they've never really faced each other in their whole career, you know, just a handful of times. But obviously we've got Sean as Mr. WrestleMania. We've got Taker, obviously having the streak, never been beaten at WrestleMania. So obviously such a good pairing in that sense. Both veterans, both from mm. Texas, um, both love a good cowboy hat. Um, yeah. But then, you know, as you said, the themes of kind of light and dark came through, especially in the entrances. So yeah. You know, um, do you want to talk a bit about obviously those entrances and how that kind of set the the stage yeah. for the match almost? Well, I've always found it rather interesting that um, 
one had found God and was godly and it showed in the entrance, but it's actually a bit of an asshole. And one was <laughs> demonic and it showed in the entrance and it's actually an awesome guy. Not naming any names. Um, but uh, I hate it. Like, I, honestly, like, I think it's fair to say neither of us are big fans of Sean, right? He, he's a bit of an arrogant cock at times, let's be honest, right? But mm-hmm. you can't deny the the theme of this and how well it came across. So we had Sean sort of descending in, and it all sort of bathed in the white light in the, the parallel to The Undertaker and that sort of like that good versus evil element of it. And they had touched on it like in the build-up to the match before the entrances. They touched on like uh, they had like Undertaker's tactics not really working for Sean. Do you know what I mean? Like Sean knew The Undertaker, knew him well enough that Undertaker couldn't do his usual in- intimidation, showing up behind him and stuff like that. Sean knew it was coming kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I thought was it was always a nice touch. But um, but yeah, like the, the whole sort of... Honestly, in other circumstances, you could go, that's a bit much. But it worked so well with The Undertaker match. We had Sean sort of descending from the heavens in all white with his sort of white cowboy hat. So he's essentially the exact like negative of Undertaker, which was brilliant. Um, and then similarly, The Undertaker then has the whole rising from hell in his obviously usual garb, but obviously that paralleled perfectly as well. Um, but what's um, what's quite interesting with it all as well is, despite the fact that Sean, and it, this isn't just our personal perspective, this is legitimately how the audience felt, despite the fact that Sean was the, the godly character in this scenario, Undertaker was pretty much the face here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, Certainly for us, but I, I honestly, I think we get the vibes from. There will have been people who were rooting for Sean, but I th- it, it, the the audience were mostly behind Taker here because nobody wants to see the streak end. So it is interesting, really, that he, he or despite the the themes, and I don't know if you technically say in this scenario there was a heel and a face, but there, there was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there was. I mean, there definitely like was for me playing. because. It, the reason I say that is it's not like Sean was playing your traditional heel and working the audience in that sense. Mm-hmm. But he was definitely not the face in this match, you know. No, no, a million percent. I think, um, yeah, it was such a such a strong kind of contrast between the two um, in so many ways. But those entrances really just kind of it just got got you so pumped, didn't it? It was yeah. just like, God, oh, this really is like good versus evil. Although, as you just said, it was <laughs> good versus evil, except the good was the bad and the the yeah the, the bad, bad was so good. good. Um, um, but yeah, I, I think it was a really perfect parallel and um, I love the way they execute that and this is what makes me go this was thematically better than the second match and it was always going to be wasn't it the sequel's never as good no um, unless it's Terminator 2 that's that's the exception to the rule that's just the exception Um, so we move then obviously into the match itself and you know I've seen a lot of wrestling matches in my time Anthony this was uh Wrestling psychology at its finest, I think um, you'll agree. I think the whole story made sense. You know, it was very much as well as the good versus evil kind of light versus dark thing as well. You've also got kind of power versus speed, essentially. Mm. So you've got Sean, you know, trying to use his advantages of being quick and, you know, getting some quick attacks in and then getting out of the way kind of thing. And yeah. take Taker when he can pin him down using his kind of powerful move set to basically take him out um so you know really good psychology at play i think you know things like you mentioned that there's no kind of real heels and stuff like that but sean was still doing kind of 
slightly heel tactics in this. So you know, you know, faking yeah. faking a knee injury, you know, just to try and get the advantage because ultimately he's he's not the, he's not really the wily vet because I mean, let's be honest, you know, they're both uh, being being there forever. But he was kind of doing these things to take you know doing anything he could to get any slight advantage to try and yeah ultimately he was, break the streak. He was. The underdog in a lot of senses, wasn't he? Because they were they were very equal in a lot of ways. Like you say, they're both veterans of the industry. They both know what they're doing. But Undertaker had the power edge on him. And like you say, Sean did have the speed edge, but you you can't just rely on the speed. So we have to find a way of taking him down. And like you say, that that leads to your sort of tactical heel like moves. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he, <laughs> like there was a point in there where. Obviously, after that absolutely insane dive to the outside, the taker did where the cameraman did not catch him. By the way, um, literally head first <laughs> onto the floor. Um, but after that, like even Sean gets back in the ring, throws the referee back in, and tries to get you know count out the Undertaker. Imagine if the streak ended on a count out. Like holy shit, you know the fans yeah. did not like that one bit. So yeah, definitely heel kind of bits coming through, yeah. but. Yeah, I think when I mentioned it before, he wasn't deliberately working the audience in the build-up, no. I suppose. But like you say, there was definitely heel work being done in the actual in-ring psychology, to be fair. Yeah, no, a million percent. Um, so I really enjoyed all that kind of thing. And obviously, even like we talk about parallels, even just like just simple stuff, like for every like sit-up that The Undertaker did, there was a kip-up from Michaels or vice versa. And I just, it was so like beautifully told I guess in terms of how very different but how very similar these two really were and how I, I, like I think the running theme throughout all of this was just the parallel of, of them and their careers essentially so mm. um, I think you have that aspect and then you know correct me if I'm wrong I can't I can't remember many Wrestlemania matches um, before this where that kind of finisher spam of like false finishes was a thing. Like for me, this was one of the first ones. Maybe like yeah, Rock, o- maybe Rock Austin might have done it. I was going to say, you may have had a previous, or I'll be honest, Cena was in scene at this point, so you might have had a couple of Cena moments like that as well. Yeah, no possibly. But it certainly wasn't as overdone as it, as it is today at that time. No, no. So, and it's like, you know, it, for me, and this is, this is what is so sad when you look back at, um, I think I think I, I messaged you on WhatsApp about it when I was watching it, but it's like the thing that stands out when you watch older matches is just how into it the fans are. And I know yeah. it's WrestleMania, so it's a whole different type of fan. Like these are the hardcore. Like yeah. I have to be at WrestleMania to see this kind of thing. But my God, the fans were so into this with all you know with every yeah. false finish. And yeah, stuff honestly, like that. it makes you realize just how much enthusiasm it seems to have gone. Like. Mm. There's audiences there now that aren't anywhere near as, as sort of hyped or driven as, as these guys. Like like you say, the audience were here for this. They were proper here for this match. Yeah, they were so, so invested. And it's like, you know, even even for us, obviously, we already knew the outcome of this, but like even watching this live, um, like we knew the Undertaker streak would never end. I mean, look how that turned out. But, you know, we were so adamant, like, oh, it's never going to end. He's going to retire. Um, so, But... At the same time, you're on the edge of your seat going, oh my God, his streak is going to be over now. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing because we obviously, we know the shock that we had when Brock broke it, but we just never thought it was going to be a thing and yet we were that invested. There was moments that, like you say, you you knew it weren't, but then you go, it is Mr. WrestleMania. Like you say, (laughs) you got that nickname for a reason. If anyone's going to do it, it probably would be Sean. And this match is getting a little scary now. 
Like the way <laughs> times you think, oh shit, this this is this is gonna be it. And honestly, yeah. I've said this to you a few times, but I wouldn't have actually been like massively upset if it was on this match. No, I think um, I think you said that before when we discussed this. I think yeah. if if anyone was going to break the streak, you probably would rather it be Michaels, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think it 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 was more deserved. I think that like again, watching this back for this segment makes me say that again. Like I have nothing against Brock, but this was more deserved. Like yeah. if anyone deserved to 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 win the match and take the streak, it was this match right here. Like the Brock thing was good shock value, but what did it do really like, I think we've had this argument before because you I think you correct me if I'm wrong I don't want to put words in your mouth but you've argued that it did do good things for Brock yeah I think it did I think yeah. um, so obviously Shawn Michaels effectively I know he came back for the Saudi match but he retired after the second taker match so yeah. that was him done whereas Brock after he beat the streak that set him up as the main guy for the rest you know is the rest of his tenure basically whether he was yeah. there full time or part time or what but like um, ever since then he has just been like God tier level hasn't he? Where when he came back for that match, I think I said to you, I I, I just kind of slept on him to to think, oh well, there's no way Brock's gonna beat the streak. They haven't even built it up or anything like that. It's just gonna be like a quick win for Taker, mm-hmm. which is why it was so shocking at the time. So yeah, it yeah. definitely elevated him to. It's a, a fair point. I mean, I think that's probably what I struggle with because I I find it easy to look at Brock as like a big deal now because that's how he's treated. But this is probably what put him in that that S tier, if you will. Yeah. Um. Which is easy to forget, I suppose. But I, I always put the argument here, and I know we've had this discussion in the past that Brock would have got there anyway. But by what mechanism? It is a fair point, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, um, to your point on this as well. Like it, it would have made a lot of sense as well, and it would have been very poetic if it had been Michaels um, to be the one who did end the streak here. But yeah, I'm 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 glad it wasn't. But um, yeah, that's just because I don't like Shawn Michaels. But anyway, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think you can definitely say as well. So obviously we, there was a lot of finisher spams and stuff like that and a lot of um, near falls. But, you know, Sean was very protected in this. If you think about it, he kicked out of what, like two tombstones or last rides, you know, a, a fucking a Hell's Gate. He managed to get that. Like he take it literally through everything at him. Um, yeah. And Sean kicked out of all of it, to be fair. So. Yeah. Um, and again, that that's what put you on that point of going, shit, is Sean going to do this? Yeah, like, like I, I can't remember what it was. There was a point towards the end where it was like, you somehow managed to kick out of a tombstone or something, and it was like, oh, no way. Um, and then just out of nowhere, he hit sweet, a, a fucking sweet chin music, and everyone, all the fans just went, fuck. Like, everyone just like collectively went, he's going to lose the streak. Um, and it was so surreal to see like all the fans just in unison just go oof like I love it I love it like this is what kind of what you miss now with finishes being overdone because that like you say because finishes weren't being spammed anywhere near as much at that time when he hit that you go oh shit because that's usually at the end of it yeah whereas now I don't think you get a super kick done and people go well he's not kicking out like exactly it just expected, isn't it? You, oh, you always kick out of the first three finishes. Yeah, it's such a shame, isn't it? Because it, it has gone that way now, where you know it. Unfortunately, if you just do a match where one finisher puts someone out, it's like, oh, is that it? Well, he beat him pretty easily. It's like you know, taking someone's finish is um, it's not what it once was. Let's say. No. Uh, I love, I love that there's still a few protected ones like the curb stomp and even the RKO to a degree, where the 
instead of like hitting it and then not getting the pin, they tend to more do the he went for it and it didn't didn't get it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like we had that a few times with um, um they were trying to do it with McIntyre. I feel like they've may have dropped the ball with McIntyre's Claymore a little bit, but they did that with McIntyre's Claymore a few times and they were he he just was not able to hit the Claymore. It wasn't that he hit it and it didn't work. And I, mm. I prefer it when they protect the finisher like that. And you go, he's just not been able to get to his finisher, you know, which is fair. Yeah, defo. Um, but yeah, I think, to be honest, maybe the reason that we're in this kind of finisher spam position that we're in now is a result of how good this match was and how yeah. much people loved it to the point where that's just kind of where it naturally the progression went you, you tend to imitate uh, the things you like don't you so yeah that's yeah. a fair point that is a fair point I never looked at it that way you bunch of checks look what you did um, <laughs> but no I kid so um, yeah obviously Sean kicked out of uh, a lot of things in this so he was very protected um, what I also thought was interesting is so there was only eight matches on the card and this went on Match number six of eight, I believe. Um, but it was actually the longest match of the card, um, but only rocked up around thirty minutes. So, uh, just it's honestly like I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but I would have been tempted to put this as the main event, right? Yeah. Also, because doing that would have made people think, "Shit, the streak's ending." Even more so. Well, exactly. So fun for that. But um, I um, I certainly didn't envy you know Cena and Edge and Big Show going on after these. Um, no, that's the thing. And then you know, and it's for a title as well. Like when your title match is the less big deal on the card, that's crazy, isn't it? Really. Well, that's it, and you can tell. And I don't know. I don't want to shit on Triple H and Orton, um, but you can tell by the end of the show when it's on to the final match, which is them two. Like the the wind's kind of gone out of the fans because. Yeah, how, how do you? Because like, everyone's uh, <laughs> everyone's climaxed, and now we're having to sit through all that. Well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, like just just want to have a sleep after after that. It was so good, um, but yeah, legit. You can just you can see it. So it's a shame for the ones who had to follow it. But um, yeah, just such a such a good match. Was there any anything um, that jumped out, you know, to you particularly that you know that we haven't covered in terms of the actual match itself before we get on to the the, the finish? Uh, to be fair, I think um, I think it's been quite a a fair talk on on the match as a whole. Like, there's no particular standout moments. I don't suppose that we haven't already mentioned, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, as you say, it, at the time it was quite a unique take on the on the finishes. And uh, yeah, I don't think there's much else I can add to that really. But no, okay. Other than that, um... These two, it just again without like moaning about Sean, well, commending Sean as I, I like. We don't. We're not big fans of Sean, right? But it's you can't deny that he's he's fucking good, isn't he? At the, the like, it's it, I, I want him to not be. I really want him to not be. But he is fucking good, isn't he? To be fair. It's a, it's annoying, isn't it? Because like you kind of yeah. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. We we obviously message about stuff like that. <laughs> um, you know, as we're watching it and things like that, and any everyone know. I I just I don't like Shawn Michaels. I, I I'm a Brett guy. You can't just. I can't let it go. I know Brett's let it go. I can't let it go. He's just. <laughs> I know it happened to Brett, and he let it go. But I will never fuck. <laughs> but I will never let it go. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I, I think, just think he's a little snake. So I just, I don't like the guy. Yeah. But um, it's a shame because obviously he's so good, and like this, this match proves it. I, I, I honestly wish I liked the guy. But um, this for me though, like I didn't. I, I caught most of Sean's career in the later years. If you know what I mean. So I, I sort of got it from his comeback. 
Um, so I've seen bits from from way back when, but I started with wrestling after, like after Sean came back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I didn't, and I'm not saying like he was more stale, but I didn't see a, a great deal of like fantastic in ring work from him. So I think this match is one of them when it goes down, you go, he's actually really fucking good in the ring. Like mm-hmm. most of what I got was like the, well, you know, DX is back and we're gonna be goofy and tell jokes and stuff. Um, which is fun, it's great, but uh, like this, this just showed that like he, he, he was, he, he was a really talented guy for all his flaws. No, definitely. I mean, you don't, you don't get the moniker Mister WrestleMania for nothing, do you? So, fair play to him. You know, he featured on a lot of the matches in the in that bracket. So, um, and obviously deserving winner overall. But um, the thing that I, I wanted to touch on just just finally about the match was um, was the finish itself. So. I was a big fan of the finish. Um, something similar happened earlier in the match where Sean does that thing. I think they've now called it like skinning the cat, haven't they? Where he goes over the rope and then he manages to kind of, you know, move backflip himself back in. I guess is, oh, yeah, is the yeah. right way to go about it. But he obviously does that and ends up getting like in the tombstone position and and gets tombstone. So I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for him to then you know, the actual finish of the match, try a moonsault off the turnbuckle and get caught and go the same way. I just thought that they were two very creative ways to, you know, wind up in in the tombstone position and end up getting pinned, essentially, because, you yeah. know, it's, it's very easy to just pick someone up and go, oh, he's going to get a tombstone now, but it, yeah. it almost it's felt like... It's actually you know, incredibly hard to do a tombstone out of nowhere, so... Inc- well, exactly. On that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, we talk about these these finishes of, like, the RKO or the Claymore or something where you can just hit out of nowhere. It's, like, shock value. Like, how do you do that with a tombstone where it's very much, oh, pick him up on the shoulder, get in position, and they found a way to do it, and that, that added to it because it was just, like, you weren't expecting it, and it was like, oh, shit, yeah. he's in the tombstone. Oh, tombstone. Especially so. the moonsault because you're expecting Sean to hit that, and then... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just exactly. turned around on him, which again unexpected for a for a tombstone as well. So, yeah, definitely. So beautiful. Um, Fucking. I just beautiful. think you know, great psychology throughout the whole thing. Um, you know, great kind of creativity in terms of what they pulled together as well. Um, I yeah, I loved it. It, it, it is it is a it's a very 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 good match, and it, it might be the best WrestleMania match of all time. Obviously, it's the one that been voted, voted for, that now. One that was voted for by you guys. So. Um, you know that's definitely <laughs> definitely is, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, really, really. Well, good I'll match. do the, the cheesy uh, YouTuber thing now. I'll say, you know, did we did we talk about your reason why you think this is your your favorite mania match? Did did we hit that particular moment that made you love this? If not, tell us in the comments. We'd love to know what makes this your favorite match. I just realised I just started pointing pointing at my junk, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> we got two words for you. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, there's a moment that made this your favourite Mania match, and we haven't covered that. I'd love to know. I'd love to know what it is. So um, obviously, we we like a good discussion about it. Uh, it it's genuinely one of my favourite matches, and I dare say my favourite Mania match. I'd actually agree with the bracket. Um, but it was a particular moment that you're like that. That's it. That was the moment that this was this was the match for me. Uh, let us know let us know fascinated absolutely uh, so yeah so that was it Sean ends up losing uh, Taker is the winner streak to, you know still intact Sean goes away for a bit comes back does some DXy things for the rest of the year uh, before he decides you know what I'm going to end the streak I need to I'm going to put my career on the line and then as we know the rest 
was history. They have another match, which isn't as good as this one, as you guys voted. Uh, and I must admit, I did like the fact that, it, like, Sean, they, they had to have a rematch because Sean couldn't live with the fact he couldn't finish him. Like, he had the tools, as far as he was concerned, he had the tools to do it and couldn't do it, and he had to, he had to go back and do it. Uh, I kind of like that, but it just wasn't as good thematically as the first. No. Um, yeah, and it was it was a good match, and obviously the stakes were higher the second one, but yeah, it just it couldn't top the first, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's just annoying that obviously Triple H had to then go and do the same thing for the next two years as well, didn't he? Just out of nowhere. Yeah, because like, he's trying to avenge his buddy. Yeah, and then and then the the final time he avenging his buddy in a cell. Yeah. You don't go to hell in a cell, do you? <laughs> Crazy. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so thanks again for taking part in the tournament bracket. We do appreciate it. Um, we'll probably try and do some more just cool things like this for segments going forward. I think um, instead of making it just an annual kind of A to the K year type tradition, I know we do it, the prediction series and stuff like that anyway, so there's always a lot to get involved in. But I think whether we do something for like a what if episode or whether we do some other kind of um, tournament type thing. Um, in fact, what would you like to see? Again, let us know, um, either on socials or in the comments of this. Um, but yeah, another fun-filled week. A to the Kenya, running wild. Got some more exciting things in store. Don't forget about our competition as well. You can win yourself a WWE t-shirt of your choice. Um, and we're going to be launching something pretty cool uh, in the next day or two called uh, Mania Memories. Hashtag Mania Memories. Where... Yeah, you've got to let us know what some of your favourite some of your favourite Mania that memories too. are, um, and you can win WrestleMania on us. So um, stay tuned for that. Do it, do it. Um, so yeah, so until next time, um, thanks again. Another fun-filled week. Uh, if you've not checked out the Ringside Report, go and check that out now. We've got a lot of news over there about the likes of the Hall of Fame, Cody Rhodes, etc. And obviously this week in wrestling where we give our take on the big shows over the past week. So, uh, yeah, another fun fill week. And we will play a little advertisement for the upcoming convention for the Love of Wrestling, which takes place in April in Liverpool this year. Uh, so we'll play that shortly. If you haven't already, follow us on all the places. And, you know, watch us, listen to us. We're everywhere. True. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. So until next time. Goodbye. For Love of Wrestling, Europe's largest wrestling convention, returns to the Exhibition Centre in Liverpool on the 23rd and 24th of April. Guests this year include Diva of the Decade, Trish Stratus, the wrestling god, JBL, the Dudley Boys, Tori Wilson, and just announced MJF from AEW. We will also be doing a Wyatt family reunion as we welcome Eric Rowan, the man formerly known as Braun Strowman, and indeed the fiend Bray Wyatt. Also just announced is the man, the legend, the icon, Sting, and of course, your Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. This and many, many, many more guests, as well as prop builds, Q&As with all of the wrestlers and some of the biggest wrestling collections in the world on display from our exhibitors. 
Get your tickets at ForLoveOfWrestling.co.uk or search Facebook or Twitter for For The Love Of Wrestling. For The Love Of Wrestling, Europe's biggest wrestling convention, returns to Liverpool the 23rd and the 24th of April. Hey everybody, this is Thunder Rosa and you're watching or listening A to the K. 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 A to the K.